computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z. Joined as always by Tim, aka Rangers pick basketball. And Tim, last year around this time, we posted a pod episode called "The Trade Not Made." I don't know if you remember that. That was the Dennis Schroeder, THT, and some kind of draft compensation for Kyle Lowry. We kind of talked about how, you know, we were okay with that um, trade not going down because of what it involved. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. That trade seems like now, if we had Kyle Lowry instead of, you know, um, Russell Westbrook, and you still have probably Kyle Kuzma, and, or maybe you have Buddy Heald and no Harrell or Kuzma. And, Anyway, this is another situation, Tim, where at least post, you know, immediately post deadline, does this team need a shakeup? Absolutely. Is, you know, siphoning off a first in five years when Anthony Davis is going to be, you know, 32 or something, um, if he's even still on the team, is that the right move? I don't think so to make a marginal upgrade. And, I'll let you get in here, but it just basically seems the way the rest of the league views someone like Taylor Horton Tucker is not the way the Lakers view Taylor Horton Tucker. And with, you know, people not wanting to help the Lakers out of their desperation, they're not going to give up anything of significance. So. You don't, you know, sometimes you just got to take your medicine, Tim, is the way I saw. And I actually appreciated that the front office is kind of, you know, forcing this roster to figure it out and focusing on whatever they can get in the buyout market. Because, Tim, this team is not a Cam Reddish and Alex Burke away, Alec Burks away. They're not mm-hmm. a Eric Gordon or Terrence Ross or a Dennis Schroeder reunion away. This, this team is for you know, home run out of nowhere adjustments to the roster away. (laughs) And that's just not reasonable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As nothing happens, like going through it live, you're hoping for something. I was hoping for something. I was not of the perspective and I, I would imagine you weren't, many of the listeners weren't, we weren't rooting for nothing. A lot of people weren't saying these trades can't help enough. Therefore, you know, let's play the long game. We still wanted something to happen. Yeah, for the right value. And then value. it didn't. Yeah. And, 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 and then it didn't. And I understand why it didn't. And hearing about some of the potential trades and what the Lakers are looking for and what teams wanted back, I get it. And you talk about the Lakers being desperate. And when you're dealing with a desperate team, you don't offer fair value you you right. it's not really like a Lakers specific tax it's okay give me everything it, it was it's like the ad deal give us basically everything you can and we'll give you ad because because rob plinkin we know you need to make this deal um in this situation it was all right give up you know none tht and your like unprotected first for some of these things and i can understand the lakers saying this doesn't benefit us enough short term to the point where we're in title contention to justify the long-term cost. Now, from LeBron's perspective, AD's perspective, 
our perspective, perhaps like you, they don't you care. still want to be better. Like yeah. from a t- it, it helps. I mean, I think for me, it kind of sets in that like the title window, it, it's gone. I think the title window is gone. I don't think this team this year or next year is winning a championship. I don't think they have the assets to do it. And this is what Laker, I'm sorry, this is what LeBron James teams have looked like. He goes after the initial long stint in Cleveland. He went yeah. to Miami for four years, cashed in all the chips, everything at the center of the table, wins some titles. Four years, he was out of there because they, you know, it was time to go. They had nothing left. Gets back to Cleveland, push all the chips in, trade the young guys, trade your draft picks, build a title contender, win a title. And he really should have had more there. They were just up against some just historic, great Warriors teams. And and LeBron's, I mean, he's, you know, that's a different discussion, but they accomplished what they were looking for, for. And then at the end of the fourth year, time to go. Get it out of here. This team's got nothing left. Comes to the Lakers. This is the fourth year. They've pushed the, the chips into the table. They got AD. They pushed the chips into the table again and got Russ. The Russ trade didn't work out. And, and you and I, we had a podcast before the trade yeah. saying like, hey, you know, this is a potential route they could go. That would be an awful idea was the crux of the podcast. Um, and it and it didn't work out. And now they're kind of stuck where they are. And looking at the, you know, the options they do have to move guys, THT, you referenced the trade we did a year ago. He he did look promising. He was promising. This year, he hasn't gotten better. He's gotten worse. If he had gotten better the same way Tyler Hero got better, the mm-hmm. same way some other guys in the, you know, the, the most improved player, you know, groups, most improved most improved player award contenders got better, we'd be seeing a different guy and these would be different discussions. But this isn't some this is a guy who has not played 30 minutes or more since. Uh, let's see, December 25th against Brooklyn. Or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. January 7th against against Atlanta. He's he's only played, he's only cracked 30 minutes a couple times. So he is not, even for the Lakers, not a high value, we need to play this guy kind of piece. I still like the long-term perspective with him. And, and certainly I think from an asset management standpoint, you're, you're attempting to sell low on him right now. But that's just kind of the the standpoint where teams say, give us everything. And, and the, I get the Lakers saying no to that. But THT and none both being on player options coming up hurts their value as well. Because if you trade for one of them, the hope is – the hope for any guy is you bring him in, they play well, and they're a value for their contract. Russell Westbrook's the opposite of that. You brought him in, he's overpaid compared to what he's giving you. Alex Caruso, when he was a Laker, he was he was underpaid compared to what he was giving you. You want to bring guys in and, you know, they play great and they turn out to be underpaid for a period of time. That's how you build a title contender. Mm-hmm. With those two guys, if they come in and they play great, they're opting out. There's no chance to have them be underpaid because then they can, you know, recalibrate and, and set that new bar. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for another team. So there's, there, you know, there's risk there. And then if they come in and they don't play well you are underpaying them. So there's no opportunity for that excess value. And those being the two trade trips and one of them being hurt this whole year and probably, I mean, uh, Rob said that we can expect him in late March. We've been expecting him like a month from whatever today's current date is for the whole season just about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't expect him to be back this year. And, And that, I mean, that hurts his value as well. So he was really, you know, a salary filler basically in any trades. So I get how they weren't able to swing anything big. I do. I mean, there's still were options available to the Lakers. And then recently the past couple of days, they pulled back and weren't willing to offer that first rounder, even though they had been in the past. 
on the bonus pod I put up yesterday for the folks in the Discord, talked about some of those potential routes, but I'll, I'll just say, you know, Lakers weren't playing well. It appears the front office realized we are not a move away and then decided, okay, we're not going to give away this pick. And I don't necessarily disagree with that move because right now the Lakers are not good. They're a fringe play-in team. <laughs> and any of these moves, maybe they help them get to the first round and, and, and be competitive. But this team is so far from a title contender. And so many of those things rely on the coaching staff being much better than they've been on both ends of the court as well. Um, to the point that you can't like you need the team's health to be way better than it has been all year. You need Kendrick Nunn to come back. He's not coming back. You need the offensive scheme to get way better than it is right now. You need the defensive scheme to get much better than it's been. They've started game after game after game running ball screen coverages that don't make sense given who they're playing. And weeks ago, I wasn't really scouting teams, so it's hard to say for sure this was the wrong decision. This past week, I've scouted all those teams, and I can say confidently it was the wrong decision. So, like, even the the defensive side that Frank Vogel was supposed to give you hasn't – this recently it hasn't been there. So this team is just so far away in so many ways that as as upset and disappointed as I was yesterday – I understand it and, and big picture, I, I get it, but there's just that acceptance now that like the off season kind of started yesterday for me and the title window is probably gone barring some, somebody, you know, a Dame, a Dame or a Bradley Beal or somebody trying to like make their way to the Lakers this next off season. The Lakers need something huge to happen because right now the current construction just does not set them up for success. Yeah, and it feels like to me with the moment that this was all set in motion was actually the decision to mostly, uh, you know, where they could change up the roster configuration after the title. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not too often you see a title team change their personnel and and their dynamics and their chemistry in a way that the Lakers did. Yeah. and I think we were mostly bullish on some of the moves they made. You know, outside of Harold seemed kind of like a free extra piece, right, for the mid-level. We wanted Serge Ibaka. That contract has not worked out for the Clippers. Um, would it be, be different in for the Lakers? That would have been one good year of him? Health is the thing with him. Right, it's, but that's what I'm saying. You can't say mm-hmm. that it would definitely be different with the Lakers. You can't say it would right, be the same. Right, right. Chances are... It would have not been what we wanted. It was the right thought process, just right. as Kendrick Nunn was. Right. And and it did the injury situation just didn't work out. But you're right. That that offseason, we were excited about Gasol. We were excited about Wes Matthews. Both Truder. of those guys disappointed. We understood Truder. what they needed at that point, at that position, the point of attack. I understood the, the thought rim. process. But remember, a big piece of I think, at least for me, what got me to buy into the trade idea at the price was the idea that Danny Green's Achilles is really an issue. And, well, the Lakers have his medicals. We don't, so we just have to trust that his value is much lower than maybe it was. Because they they paid a first-rounder in that deal. Well, that's that's part of my point, Tim, is that, you know, we spoke after last year that Kuzma was the last, like, the last trade piece that they had. The last young, Mm -hmm. you know, the up-and-rising potential player who could also contribute now. And now they don't have anyone. And this is what happens when you use your draft assets within a very good scouting department to acquire already established and known commodities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think 
obviously hindsight again being 2020 it shouldn't be have to, we shouldn't have to talk about hindsight in giving a scouting department another chance at a top 25 prospect and that's just something where we've seen the lakers cycle in guys like even on austin reeves who you know went undrafted and chose to come to us you know maybe that's not like a, a draft pick per se you can't give uh uh the scouting department credit for that but scouting department has been very good over the last few years and mm-hmm. not giving them a chance to restock the coffers and say okay 2021 Danny Green you're going to come back you're going to be on an expiring so at the very least we can trade you at the deadline for someone else's you know problem or someone else's contract aggregate mm-hmm. it with something else you know find a way to weasel into a three team trade to get back a, a, a mid second or something you know to give these guys another chance to find another THT to find another Kuzma Larry Nance at the end of the first round Josh Hart they how many times have they done it from that spot Tim over the last six years and you look around the bunch. league now and it's a bunch of former Lakers getting traded mm-hmm. and you know I'm just I'm just disappointed that the front office didn't value the scouting department the way I did in looking. That's how you develop and get those value contract guys, Tim. You know, yeah, you can get lucky and get Alex Caruso into your program and, you know, build him up and give him opportunity and watch him grow. But it's a lot easier when they start in your building and you're not just taking a whim of a risk on a guy to hope that he gets good, that you have a plan of action to set them up for success in a very specific way that can later help the parent team. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it, it would be like a couple years and it's not, it, it's, it's a lot of, you know, two in the hand versus one in the bush, like kind of thing. It's, it's not what LeBron teams do and he is not our GM, but he does have a tremendous influence in that side of things. And I think that was the off season. I keep looking at where, if we had kept that pick, kept Danny Green, it's not its not even really about Schroeder. It's about the restocking the coffers. Okay, we have Kuzma coming up. We got to re-sign him. We got THT we really like. Uh, you know, next summer we're going to have to give him a real contract, not just this mm-hmm. baby number for a, a second-round draft pick. And now who do you have to trade? Austin Reeves? We don't want to trade Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is one of the best parts of this season. Right, right. But instead of only having one, you might have – you might. And I'm not saying it's a guarantee. You might have two. You might have three. And mm-hmm. that makes trading for a marginal upgrade a lot more reasonable and a lot – Yeah. Yeah, just a lot more practical. Right. And, and I think a mantra of Rob Polinka since he's been with the Lakers has been flexibility, flexibility, flexibility mm-hmm. all the time. Every time the Lakers didn't sign players for, you know, past a certain year, it was, we got to have flexibility. Like this is such a big thing for them. Like I'm sure they have a like Notre Dame style, like play like a champion today sign up in his office. You're just, he just slaps every day. Flexibility. Um, he lives it, but they only live it for free agency. It's only ever, we don't have anyone on the books, therefore we have money to sign guys. 
And we've seen now the issue is that is a, you're only looking at half the picture there. You have to have trade flexibility. And this team had no trade flexibility because they let Alex Crusoe walk. They let Schroeder walk. These are two guys that were willing to come back. Wanted like Schroeder wanted more money, but he would have taken more money than what he got and come back for the Lakers and was willing to play backup point guard. Apparently that's been reported recently. Yeah. Two guys that for what you would have paid them wouldn't have been like unmovable pieces. There are very few unmovable pieces in this league. The and Lakers have unfortunately have one of them. And, <laughs> and so if in the thing, big thing was, well, you know, Jeannie can't afford the luxury tax and, and that stinks. But even if you're operating under that assumption, the two options weren't either let them walk or pay that big luxury tax. The third option was, and this is on the front office, to, you know, find the, the the way out here, you know, take the gun to your head and, and flip it to the other person's head is pay them, bring them back. And then before the deadline or at the deadline, then you can move them. If you had Schroeder and Caruso on this team and the team was performing the way it is right now, you'd see the Lakers selling. And, and they'd avoid paying those those luxury tax payments. If those both of those guys were on the team and the team was winning, either you know, if it, that has to be the scenario that Genie said, okay, even if they came back and we were winning and we were a title contender, I still don't want to pay the luxury tax. That is the only justification for not doing, you know, not bringing them right. back. So and and see, that's that's the thing that bothers me is. All we, we've traded in all of these movable, like just good players, to the point where we only have minimum contracts. Basically, THT is like your one asset. None, unfortunately, is the other. Your fourth high, no, what uh, fifth highest played player, fifth highest paid player, and hasn't played at all. Yeah, and everyone else is a min. So moving to next year, because now I'm starting to think about next year. How do you restock? So many of those pieces, again, will need to be minimum contracts. And you don't have you, – you you will then have the 2029 first-round pick you're able to trade. But it, at that point, you need something big to happen or we may be in the same situation where the Lakers have moves available and they decide not to pull the trigger because they don't think it's enough. Right. And they'd rather be planning for the post-LeBron future. So really quick here, I want to go over in a minute some of the potential reported trades that did not happen. And we can go through and see what we like, what we don't. But before we do that, I wanted to ask your take. Did you see what Miami did this week with the KZ Paula trade? No. What What did they do? Now, this is the kind of Miami stuff. Miami is one of the savviest front offices when they're, oh, yeah, we'll trade for Jimmy Butler, even though how the fuck are we going to get there? Like, we'll figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they make five non, uh, you know, adjust, like connected trades that get them there. It's like, and anyway, so they traded Casey Akpala to the Thunder. I don't have the details exactly, but essentially what they did was they lifted the protections on a pick owed from Miami to Oklahoma City. And I think they got a, like a heavily protected second and like cash back. But what it did was uh, it moved up the earliest first round pick Miami could trade to twenty two or twenty three. Uh, okay, so they've they nest, they in a way gave themselves an extra tradable pick. It well, I mean, y the, they have the same amount that. of picks. It's right. just those picks will convey earlier, which therefore for a lot of people are more valuable because it's a you okay, know instant gratification kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and they lifted protections. So it made a previous agreement. It's a sweetener, right? 
it's a sweetener here take this guy off of our hands also to like get under the tax uh and and so that's was so so smart to you know f- and they ended up not using it right right away but they have it and mm-hmm. you know obviously with the details of the new orleans lakers trade it's tough, right? It's tough the way that you have a pick or a swap almost every season. It's it's really not as practical, but you never know what you can figure out if you tell um if you tell New Orleans like, "Listen, we really want to get Josh Hart. What can we do with whatever protections we have that might interest you?" Mm-hmm. Plus this you know, and I, I'm the, we weren't even talking about Josh Hart. I'm just using him as an example. A guy who yeah. got traded for, you know, CJ McCollum and kind of just a aggregated salary trade. Because mm-hmm. I don't really know if he's going to have a future in Portland. I was texting you about like Josh Hart reunion because um, I think he's the kind of player that, you know, like this team needs a lot of kinds of players, but that could help the Lakers right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, So that that kind of thing, that. Three, like two moves to make one move later that it's not a specific thing that like we're getting, but it's a, it, it, it's actual flexibility, not the mirage of flexibility. Yeah. That's interesting. I'd never considered the, like when you're looking at what assets you have to move, I never considered looking at prior deals you had made and protections on those picks. Yeah. And then finding maneuverability there. So that's that's really interesting. You know, Tom, I feel like I'm watching like a chess video and learning some stuff here. This I, is, feel, I thought you'd love that. This is interesting. It, I, Miami I is it's so great. smart. Like, I really do like that franchise. And <laughs> yes, we beat them in the finals. But so much about what they do and how they handle their business. And obviously, Spolster's a great coach. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't like that the, the fans wanted me to drink bleach and made like Nazi references. But <laughs> but the franchise themselves, like I enjoy a lot of what they do. I think people can say the, you know, same <laughs> about Lakers fans. But um, yeah, yeah. so let's get into a couple of these deals uh, here, Tim. The first one I wanted to bring up, I am uh, basing a lot of this off of the article that Jacob Rood wrote on some of the potential trade deadline deals that n- did not happen. Yeah, uh, let's, that's let's keep it to the stuff that's been reported. Let's keep yes. it to – I'm not going to reveal any stuff that we've been talking about in the Discord that we've heard. But we'll right. keep it to like what's out there already. Right. So so, so, so what did Jacob write about? Write about? Um, according to Winhurst on the NBA trade deadline show, uh, Zach uh, Lowe had mentioned that he had heard – that Russell Westbrook THT 2027 first for John Wall and Eric Gordon, um, which to me is like I'm still kind of hard pass. Um, hate, it. hate it. And then Brian Windhorse chimes in with he had heard that there was a package that being discussed around John Wall and Christian Wood instead of Eric Gordon. And that one's a uh, I mean, this is the state of things. That one intrigues me at least uh, because mm-hmm. Christian Wood, still a young player, um, you know, is not under contract for too much longer. I think he has one more year after this. But inevitably, you'd have his bird rights, and he's a spacing big. I mean, I still kind of yeah. think he's a four, but he can shoot better than Anthony Davis. And defensively, mm-hmm. if AD is your five and Christian Wood's your four, and offensively, you kind of flip him. Um, with him being kind of a pick and pop big, I think there's promise there that 
the John Wall Eric Gordon trade doesn't do for me. But I don't know. What do you think about the 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 the, the, the different setups for that trade? Yeah, so I don't see Eric Gordon being a positive in this scenario. Like, like maybe he'll add some value, but not worth it for me to be moving a first round pick. Like that's He's got not another year in, too. Yeah, and like from Russ to Wall. I, I, we're at the point where it's like he's got to be better, right? But at the same time, like he also wasn't very good this past year when he did play. So, or the, the most recent year he did play, and he's coming off injury. And so I, I don't see him as some like magic silver bullet to like suddenly be just a better version of Ross or something like that. He's better in certain areas defensively. He's also pretty crappy in certain areas defensively that that are less covered. Um, also not a great shooter. Also had his finishing really drop off a cliff recently. Like similar kind of guy as Russ, but you need the, – the Wood versus Gordon piece here is critical to me because Gordon doesn't really move the needle. Yeah. Wood, to me, as a short and long-term piece makes a lot of sense with because of his fit with Anthony Davis. The Lakers' big issue this year is they haven't been able to pair someone with AD in the front court that allows them to have spacing offensively, but also some rim protection defensively. And Wood is like an actual big man. He's not a towering seven-footer Rudy Gobert, but he's he's not, he's bigger than you know Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James. He'll be more of a real rim protector. And so he's got real three-point shooting ability. I don't have the updated numbers in front of me, but from B-Ball Index, I was tweeting out the other day, he was like top five in three, I think he was sixth in three-point shot making. So his difficulty adjusted three-point proficiency. And then he was like bottom five among centers. Uh, the first one was among centers as well. Bottom five among centers in terms of shot quality. So his three-point percentage is already good. It could be much better if he were getting much easier shots, which he would with us. And his top half-court play types are spotting up and then being a roll man. And when he's rolling, he's primarily like popping versus rolling or slipping. So he is a stretch big. He's That's how he has been used. And I see him being a great offensive fit with AD as well as a really good defensive fit. And, and for that reason, that – I mean, that's somebody that I – I look at that trade and I say that has short-term and long-term benefit and would have been something I'd be willing to trade a first-round pick for. Yeah, um, at least it makes sense. And if if at the very least you don't like the fit, um, you can flip wood fairly mm -hmm. easily. Uh, again, young young player, um, bird rights. You can get something of value back for that. Mm -hmm. uh, moving on a little bit to the next deal that seems like it was a little bit further along, uh, according to reports, was the – and I'm not 100% sure what every team gets here, but essentially what – we care about is like a Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I believe it was a nun as well for Cam Reddish and Alec Burks. Uh, it looked like that there were being a three team trade was being discussed between mm -hmm. the Lakers, the Knicks and the Raptors with other uh, names like Kim Birch and Chris Boucher being floated in there. Uh, probably going, possibly going to New York. Um, I mean, THT, Cam Reddish, both young players. We spoke about Cam Reddish. Gosh, it feels like four months ago now. Uh, <laughs> and he ended up getting traded for a first, but not a great first. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, you know, the Lakers reportedly offered two second round picks for Cam Reddish before he was traded to the Knicks. The Atlanta did not care for that. They were looking for that first. This... 
this feels like a deck chairs trade that doesn't net you a ton other than change. Yeah, I don't I don't know that you have a clear enough improvement here mm -hmm. with 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 Reddish specifically like he he can shoot he's got good on-ball defense he has some pretty big defensive holes that are less they're, they're the same types of things that like Schroeder had issues with where it's like the off-ball defense stuff. same thing with THT where it's like the things fans tend to care about less or notice less are where he's weaker so he's a little bit overrated as a defender um but offensively i think he would have he's young yeah he's young he's he is like legit good in some areas defensively he's me mediocre in a number of areas and pretty crappy in a number of areas but he's younger and he would have been a good fit offensively burks was a piece that i was really interested in because he's a a taller dude could play he, he has really good numbers as a chaser by our off-ball chaser defensive metric at people index he's got good point of attack numbers as an on-ball guy, uh, he had been used in a wing stopper role so far this season and had a decent impact. I would have seen him, and he's a guy that also spaces the floor offensively. He's someone I could see coming in and being a 3 and D player. Like, go play a Danny Green role is, is basically how I would be using Alec Burks for, for this current Lakers team. So he's someone that I was excited about, but he's also older, and I don't know that you – like, there's no real, like, long-term there with him. So it's really about – if the Lakers truly were looking short-term and long-term as their like baseline, I don't know that. I mean, certainly what they've seen from Reddish and what they've seen from this current Lakers team between them offering Atlanta and them offering most recently in this three-team deal, I don't know that they've seen enough to go from offering two seconds to be to being willing to offer a first. So I I get it. I would have liked to have seen this and then like if they could have swung this and then also like the OKC deal that didn't happen, I, I would have been kind of excited. Still don't know if it would have been enough. I don't think it would have been enough alone for them to be a, a title contender, but this was one that I was hoping for, but I understand why they didn't do it. Yeah. Um, there's also a report from Bill Oram of The Athletic that the Lakers were interested if not internally split on potentially reacquiring Dennis Schroeder from the Boston Celtics. Now he ended up getting traded to the Rockets for Daniel Tice and it sounds like Houston might be interested in keeping him. Um, but I don't know for God's sake why, um, we'll get to buyout guys here in a second. I understand why the Lakers would feel, uh, conflicted or you know internally it didn't seem there's got to be things beyond behind the scenes obviously we are not privy to as to why you know yes it did not work out but the way things shook out with Schroeder getting COVID twice at two very inopportune times and then I would describe it as maybe a lack of seriousness a lack of attention to detail uh, and how he fits in around the rest of the pieces. Um, nevertheless, Tim, Lakers could use a Dennis Schroeder right now uh, at the point of attack. And there's really no mm -hmm. question about it. So if I'm the Lakers, I understand the internal, um, you know, confliction. But it, it, there's a certain point where you're like, you break up with someone and you're like, it's 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 not you, it's me. And you're like, wait, no, it really is me. I messed up. Like, take me back. You know you're down bad 
when you're like reaching out to your exes. That's how desperate the Lakers. That's really where they're and, at. And this, Drunk again, texting was at four a.m. Exactly. This was a guy they could have had on the team already. To your rival. If they wanted drunk texting your rival. Oh, hey, you want to yeah. take Kendrick Dunn and like I don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is someone they could have already had on the team if they would have had Schroeder instead of Avery Bradley this whole season. Oh my god. They would have been a good bit better. I don't love Schroeder, but he would have been a better starter than Bradley. Uh, Bradley, bottom like five player in the entire NBA in terms of offensive impact based on our numbers. Wait, did he rise up? You didn't. Is that bottom two? (laughs) Yeah, I think he's he's on the move. You know, arrows ticking up. Big riser. Um, Yeah, that. But another one that like doesn't move the needle enough to get you to a, a championship point. No, so. I, I I get it. And this has not been reported, but, you know, I was talking to some people on Twitter the other day about, um, you know, they were really upset that the Lakers didn't make moves. And I just, what are you going to do? Like Terrence Ross didn't end up getting traded. Um, you, you don't, I no. we don't want Terrence what, Ross. What does Terrence <laughs> Ross do that fixes mm-hmm. this mess, right? Maybe you're, five percent less of a mess but you're still like you know 95 percent mess right now because yeah we didn't we're not going to talk about the portland game to me there's not much to break down they got beat up and down the court out efforted outclassed out energy and there's just clearly something holding these players back from really buying in and playing for the team and it's just there's a cloud over them and the front office is kind of just said with this we're not going to mortgage whatever assets we have in the future just for you to be marginally happier. So figure it out, which I kind of respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they made the fucking bed. So they said like, no, you're going to lay in that bed that that you wetted. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the legs are close. So I credit to them for having the self-awareness to not make a bad move to, to dig this. I mean, they've dug a hole and I mean, I, I think they, they ended up making the right decision here. They didn't have yeah. anything available to them. That was, that was a clear benefit. I, I, the wood one I can understand, but Hey, maybe you get Mike Muscala as a buyout guy. And he, at least in terms of the things from wood you want short term, can space the floor. His room protection numbers are similar to Woods. Like, I don't know. If they think they can get some buyout players, I can understand them being less willing to spend. But at the same time, the buyout piece of this is I see a limited potential impact. We're not going to see a bunch of moves. They didn't create spots. Tom's laughing at me. I just just like – there's several levels to why this is funny to me. One, like you were talking about trying to trade for Mike Muscala. He was a throw-in. It was the throw-in in the deal. Okay, fine. Whatever. Now we can't trade for him, and he's so good that Oklahoma City, who's $23 million under the salary floor, is -hmm. going to buy out the rest of his – Contract to save money so they hey, can just give it to the other is, 11 this is guys? This from Jovan. This isn't me. I'm not making this up. <laughs> but he you is, brought it up listed. right now. Jovan's not here. Tom, look at the list. Check them twice. You're going to find out who's bought out or not. We'll nice. bring up the list. But you said Mike Muscala and literally no one else. And the situation, I think, just needs some context, Tim. Uh, yeah, no, it is funny. Are you going to buy him specifically out? Be the, under the salary floor? There's no... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's interesting what they're doing, by the way. They in the CBA, if you don't, if you don't have, if you have not paid enough salary, yes, through your whole roster, yes. once you get to the end of the season, or I guess at some point in the off season, I forget it exactly. It starts when the, the time at is. the last day of the season. It's like okay. the last day of the season. You just have to pay all of your players. You you take the def- the difference between the floor that you're supposed to reach and what you're actually paying, and then you pay that amount of money split up among your players. So all of those guys mm-hmm. on this crappy team are just getting they're gonna get like bonuses. two million each. Yeah, yeah, good, like good for them. Yeah, um, I list Muscala because he is a <laughs> similar to Christian Wood in terms of what a Laker fan may want from him. There's no other stretch big that I'm aware of that may be available as a buyout option. Um, but the Lakers, again, they're not close. And and I wasn't able to list out 11 herbs and spices, but I've come down to six ingredients um, that I think would bridge the gap between where they are and where they need to be. And I do not think they're going to accomplish these six. I'd be mm-hmm. surprised if they accomplish four of them. But the six things they need to happen are Kendrick Nunn needs to get back. Probably not going to happen. They need to have their offensive scheme get much better, get back to what it was doing in December. It's doubtful. They need their defensive game plans to get much better. I mentioned this earlier. Again, I don't I don't know. We may not see this, but I think that one could be obtainable. Um, we need the stars and the rest of the roster to start being healthier for the rest of the season they ha- than they have been so far for the year, which again, I mean, we've had a pretty crappy you know streak of luck, but at the same time, it's an old roster. Russ has played a bunch. You know, LeBron's had more injury issues. Like this, this again is another thing that might not work out. Uh, we need, I think, a rotation adjustment specifically with Russ coming off the bench, and I can make a pitch for that. And then you need the sixth thing is you need good buyout signings. And I doubt the Lakers are going to be throwing to. They're not going to be grabbing too many guys because if they try to cut four players, if they wave four players to bring in four buyout guys. It's going to cost Jeannie an extra like $20 million and she's not going to pay that. So, I mean, not when this team is so far away. Exactly. Especially when it would probably be the first thing of these six things to take place. If they, if they had five of them figured out and this was the last piece, they do it same as they probably would have made some of these trades, but they're so far away in some of these other areas. So many of these other areas that like, I just don't see it being realistic. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So let's touch on some names that, and so the Lakers will shift their focus to the buyout market. Um, and I had some people also on Twitter frustrated that the Lakers didn't make a trade of DeAndre Jordan and Kent Bazemore to free up a roster spot. Well, Tim, you can just cut someone and it frees up a roster spot. Yes, you will be paying them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Teams would have made the Lakers pay. They would have said, yes. you know, we'll take, we'll absorb this salary. Give us a second rounder. Yes. When the Lakers could just pony up the cash. And yeah. that is more practical in this right. particular instance to right. just cut them outright and pay the extra money to bring someone else in for the rest of the season. Um, mm-hmm. With that said, and this is a ever evolving thing, situations here, a couple names I wanted to float out to you as potential buyout options. Um, Gary Harris, Eric Bledsoe, um, Mike Muscala, Tomas Sanaransky, I think Goran Dragic probably gets bought out. He, and he's Tristan Thompson. Else. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's also he can get actual money from a team with, mm-hmm. you know, more than just like the minimum cap space available. Yep. Uh, like that's how like a bidding war would break out with whatever teams have cap space and have a decent postseason shot. Um, mm-hmm. But those are the names. Who Who there, Tim? Is Eric Bledsoe coming in to fix this point of attack defense? Is uh, Tristan Thompson coming in to give you some some minutes on the low block, banging bodies? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not excited about these names. The Moses Lakers, Brown. I'll take Moses Brown, but he's also not the type of player the Lakers really need to be looking for. They need a stretch big, but Moses Brown would be a better. I mean, he's. I'd grab Moses Brown for the long term. I'd bring him in and then pay him this offseason something, sign him to like a Damian Jones deal, basically. Haven't like um, three teams like let go of him in the last like three years? Less than three yes. years? Two years? Yes, he's good. He's good, Tom. Oh, is he? Tr- trust me, bro. He's good. Um, he'd be a good role. He'd be a good, you know, lob finisher, shot blocker on, on a LeBron James team where he's going to get spoon fed easy buckets. He could be like he could do DeAndre Jordan's job at like a sufficient, like just you know, proficient basketball player level. Okay. So it's not, you know, he's not really adding any new element, but he's a young guy that's already good at a couple areas. He's not someone you're gonna pay a lot for, invest in as like a young team looking to gather talent because he is a roll and cut big and he's limited. He's not a floor spacer, he's not a post scorer, he's He's that type of guy that you generally don't invest a lot of money in, but he's young and he's good at it. Um, so I would 
I'd be willing to take a shot and, and have that be more of a long-term play there. Um, Gary Harris, I'd be happy with, but the Lakers issue is they're not nearly as close to title competitor as a team like Milwaukee, who has multiple open roster spots or other teams that can offer more money. So if you're going to the Lakers, I mean, I guess I think like what kinds of guys are going to go to the Lakers? It's not going to be the ring chasers because this isn't the best route to go I mean, it's if that's a, what you want. It's the opportunity. It's opportunity to rebuild rebuild some brand. It's, yeah. it's you know, gets a, if you're good, maybe you'll get a deal. Um, and so I don't know where Gary Harris falls, but he's someone that is shooting well from three, shooting 39% B-plus three-point shot making. Um, as a finisher, he's got to the room at decent rates. Oh. And he's finishing at the room really well. Bembry. Oh, Bembry. Okay, we'll get to him in a sec. Um, Harris is someone that is, like, I think top five, top six in the league as a chaser defensively in terms of that skill set. Now, he has been used in a point of attack defensive role, and he's also decent at that. Um, well, honestly, though, hes I don't think he's that decent at that. I think he needs to be used in a chaser role. He's someone who's in the wrong job. And I think if you stick him in that chaser role, you stick him in the corner and let him be a, a movement shooter or a stationary shooter on this Lakers team, he fits. It's a, just a, a, an easy plug-and-play 3-and-D guy on a good team. So I like him. Uh, Bledsoe... I, he doesn't give you the shooting. He's got a, got some similar issues with Russ where he gets to the rim well. He doesn't finish at the rim well. He doesn't shoot well. Uh, he's got some playmaking, but some playmaking, you know, passing efficiency concerns. Um, but he's a bit better defender than Russ. He's an average defender, big picture. Uh, and so if you can grab him, if you if the Lakers ever get to the point where they're like, we need to bench Russell Westbrook, he, he can do something. He's an NBA player. Bembry isn't someone I'm all that excited about. I know others in the Discord really? are bigger fans. Do you have a pitch for Bembry or any of these other guys? He's a wing with a fucking pulse. <laughs> okay. I guess you tell I'll... me you don't put him in Avery Bradley minutes and he doesn't do better. I mean, he's been used as a wing stopper. So I, I guess I, I can understand. I don't know. His, none of his defensive numbers thrill me. I, I, get, I don't know. He, I'd be okay with that. I'm not thrilled if about it. If getting DeAndre Bembry means you have to play less Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Ariza in matchups that they are not equipped physically and athletically to handle, then I think it's a no-brainer. No can he space the floor at all? How many I don't threes know, Mr. Is data man? Issue? Probably not. Okay, I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm looking up the data. His his profile has every little asterisks next to it to indicate that he's shooting on low volume for like every kind of three pointer. Um, he has taken 36 threes in 48 games. He's got a good percentage. He's converted well on like super, super high quality, yeah. low volume looks. Tells me he's turning down a lot of shots and has no three point gravity. So defense, I, I can I can understand throwing him a spot and, and seeing if a defensive upgrade is worth it. Offensively, his job is is a roll and cut big, even though he's a wing. That that speaks to how limited he is offensively. 
So it's that he's, I don't know. He's, he's not being bought out cause he's got a big deal. He's being bought out cause he's not very good. Well, he just got cut. Yeah. Or, or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got cut. He got cut because he's not very good. Right. Um, yeah, this is, this is it folks. This is the bed. We're sleeping in <laughs> Sadoransky it. Sadoransky isn't good. No, I don't want Sadoransky. I think Millsap probably stays with Philly because, uh, they don't have a backup big mm. now that they traded no. Drummond. If he is available, and I think I may have mentioned this on an earlier pod, he's the right kind of player. Like he's in the right jobs, but he hasn't done well. Like I think he's just kind of washed. He isn't. He like he's he's in theory he's a mobile big defensively that's a stretch big on offense, but he just hasn't performed well in that role. And I think it's just the age. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not none of these guys really move the needle for me this year to the point that I'm like willing if I'm genie to like eat millions of dollars for like Sadoransky to join this team or Bembry to join this team. I don't know. I like Moses Brown. I, I, I don't know. I'm not thrilled with these options. Gary Harris is the one. If I had to, I'd say this, I think the Lakers at most acquire two buyout guys. And if I, if you had to pick two guys, who would you pick? Cause I think Gary Harris has to be one. And again, this is assuming you can just pick whoever you want. In reality, several of these guys wouldn't, you know, you would be your their option like C or D. Um, but I take Gary Harris and and I guess Moses Brown if I'm picking two. I'd probably take Muscala over Brown. I don't know. Oh, really Muscala, see it I forgot about Muscala. Oh, Garrison Muscala for sure for me. Garris. They give you a piece. Garris, yeah, give me Garris. Um, Garris over here. <laughs> um, give me Gary Harris and Moses Brown. I'm sorry, shit, I keep saying it. Gary Harris and Mike Muscala. Basically, the OKC deal with a slightly worse Kenrich Williams. Well, a good bit worse Kenrich Williams. But if you can do the OKC deal without making a trade. Sorry, folks. No exceptionalism here. (laughs) Um, That's my vote. That's what I want. This is the bed, Tim. Now we got to sleep in it. So if you want to take a basketball vacation with the all-star break coming up, still download and subscribe to our pod, but uh, I wouldn't blame you. Um, let's, unless you have anything else, let's get out of here. I don't have too much else to go over talking about things that didn't happen. Um, yeah, we already made the mistakes. We already did the things that got us to this place and we have to live with that. So, mm-hmm. um, What's the best, easiest way for this team to get better? Russell Westbrook playing like an NBA player. Yeah, that's one of them. That's the most reasonable way because this guy is, and and they held him out of that Portland game for hamstring tightness. We, uh, you know, that's pretty uh, transparent, back, right? I think What's it was that? back. It, it was a back thing, wasn't it, it? or was it hamstring? I. It it doesn't matter because it's they couldn't remember, you know. They, <laughs> yeah, what did I say it's last time? So you know, transparently, like, stay home mm-hmm. and get your head right. Cause this and we didn't even talk about the quotes. I don't even want to talk about Russell Westbrook that much. But look, man, if you think you deserve to start in this league because of what you did in this league five years ago, you need to wake the fuck up. Yeah, it's not how any industry works anywhere, ever, 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 ever. That's just not. I've I've heard this speech from people before. I've been doing this for 15 years. I've earned my space. Look at all. 
You earn you your space now? every minute you're out there. Mm-hmm. It's too competitive a market to be able to rely on on what you did in the past. So, but, and, uh, and just the yeah. hubris of that speaks to Russell Westbrook as a player and as a person, mm-hmm. honestly. And and we were out here trying to be like, we can fix him. He can set ball screens and cut. Some of it's worked. <laughs> Some of it's worked. Some of it is so. So him defensively, you can't fix him. Like defensively, he's gotten like he's been bad, and he's just in in the if looking at like the the LeBron data, the defensive LeBron data week by week, just tanking week after week. He's just getting worse and worse and worse. It's awful. Offensively. We've seen the Lakers be able to be, you know, fix some of the things and they'll run those north-south ball screens and they'll get him to the rim. And then he's like bricking layups. And it's like, what do you do about that? There's nothing you can do about that. They're like, if this guy doesn't have it, you can only do so much. Like they, and then and then the other piece of it was, all right, well, when he's off ball standing around at the three-point line, you can do things with him as a screener for teammates to get other guys open when he's being sacked off of. The Lakers did that for for a month and they haven't done it recently. So I, I don't admit defeat on that piece of it, but it, that's partially the Lakers coaching staff just well, kind of. I think the lesson is it's, it it's a lot harder to change the tendencies of mm-hmm. a player like Russell Westbrook than, yeah. it, the, than so the theory high. of it. Yeah, the, the, I think what I – and we knew this coming in. The bar for how good the buy-in and your X's and O's need to be is yeah. so much higher with a player of his – style and his tendencies and his yeah. skill set and it, it for that bit of time in december it looked good and he had good games and they were using him in the right ways and he was doing the right things and the second he's pissed off and doesn't want to execute or the coaching staff focuses on defense instead of offense and stop calling plays or what, for whatever reason wherever that's happening all of a sudden it's like he's unplayable and and you just can't have to focus every ounce of energy on him not being unplayable and and that's just it's not a recipe for success but they've in that process tim they have pushed him pulled him whatever you want to call it toward a different player than who russell westbrook is at in at at his core Mm -hmm. and now what we're seeing is someone who looks lost and i'm not saying as what lost is where to be it's like do I do this right now or do no, no, no. I'm just going to pull up. You know, it's, there's a, and I don't want to call it the yips because that's a specific, like I used to be able to shoot and now I like, what is basketball? Mm-hmm. But this is like a, a real confidence trainer. And yeah, it sucks to see cause it's on our team. Yeah. I think this is coming for Russell Westbrook for a long time. And we did a stream recently you know, which, you know, check out our Discord. We'll mention in here soon how to get in. But, like, I don't think we're considering enough how the cliff might have passed Russell Westbrook athletically mm-hmm. and how important yeah. that is to him and his success. In And we won't rehash that discussion, but the crux of it was what will Russell Westbrook look like or what will the signs be when he does, you know, as a guy who's relied so much on athleticism more than like craft around the rim right. or shooting skill or things like that, when he does drop off physically, he's going to age poorly. Here are the specific areas that he's going to perform poorly in. And we're seeing that now. Yeah. 
He's going to take more outside shots. He's going to take more mid-rangers. He's going to when he does get to the rim, his percentage is going to be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get to the free throw line less. I feel like without looking at any of the data, all of those things feel true. Yep. So, I, you know, this is the bad and we got to sleep at it. And, you know, do, do I expect them to to turn it on? No, I don't. But I'll be pleasantly surprised if they find some positivity to come out and say, you know what? We're we fucking suck. So let's just have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, here's what's, here's what's going to happen. Tom. I think it's either their next five or the next six games are on national television and they play the Warriors twice. Phoenix is coming up. They play Dallas. They they've got some tough games ahead. They there's a good shot they go like one and five or two and two and four two? in this next stretch. Uh, maybe Zero. They, play the Pel- they play the Pelicans. We'll see if the Pelicans don't have like Zion or CJ. We'll we'll see what happens. But they're going to go on a losing streak here, and the only button that they have left to push, other than the buyout guys, which again they may not even have available to them either financially on Genie's side or because the guys want to go elsewhere. If that's not, you know, a boost to your team and that doesn't give you a reason to say, oh, well, we got to see how this is going to work out. We got to integrate them and, and and say that for four months like you did with Andre Drummond. Um, the only button left is to, to fire coaches. So I think that's the next, you know, thing that I would anticipate seeing. And this is a whole different discussion. We can talk about it on the next pod, but I think that's coming. I mean, it's the, it's the only button left. It's to be fair, like Frank hasn't been good either, man. Mm-hmm. This is like mm-hmm. he, I think, is fairly criticized to the level that he is. Yeah. Um, and the the national media defending him, like, you know what I mean? Like he was completely innocent of all charges. It's like no, he's an accessory after the fact. He drove Three the getaway this- car into the ditch. Yeah. Yeah, three of the six things I listed that the Neater, the Lakers like are broken with right now and have to fix are directly on the coaching staff. The rotation doesn't make sense. The lineups they're running a lot of times don't make sense. The offensive scheme has absolutely disappeared. Vogel's ultimately responsible for that. Fizdale's in charge of it on a daily basis. But regardless, that's been awful. And then the defensive game plans are what he's supposed to be good at. It's a, that's That's the reason he's here. And the Lakers are opening games in like freaking like what's the point of us having these conversations about how great the Lakers can run their offense and run their defense and bringing in these guys. And then he's running out, you know, Avery Bradley for 35 minutes in a game and running drop coverage with Carmelo Anthony for, for, you know, the first two quarters of every game. Like what the hell is the point of that? If, you know, run switching matches the, the roster and over the past couple games, it has been the clear weakness in the teams you're playing, whether it was New York or Portland, switching shuts their offenses down to a degree that other screen coverages do not. With Milwaukee, it was the best option. It wasn't a clear gap, but it was the best option, and it also matches your roster. And and you brought it up on the stream. Like there are certain switches that you know are going to be advantageous for Milwaukee, of course, and you do things to support that with with traps and rotating out of it and scramming and fronting the post and whatever it happens to be. But you can't start every game blind to who your opponent is and blind to who your roster is and just play default vanilla Frank Vogel defense and dig yourself holes to come out of. It's it's ridiculous. And that wasn't the case, or at least I hadn't been paying attention close enough to notice that it was the case earlier in the season. But 
we're seeing enough things directly, you know, responsible by responsible to the coaching staff that are not going well and are clearly holding the team back that they would be justified in, in moving on at this point, even if the answer short term is someone else on their current staff, probably doing the same or similar things. Yeah, let's end it there. Tim, I want to talk a little bit more about our discord. Um, if you are not in it, you you want to be, trust me. This is where high-level basketball commiseration is happening right now. Yeah, maybe we'll yell at each other a little bit about this or that, but it's it's because we care. But, um, Tim, I don't know if we did the – officially did the breakdown of our new tier system in the Discord on our pod. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give everyone a heads up about what we're doing over there in case they weren't aware. So – We've broken it down to kind of like describing our tier system as if there were seats in a basketball arena, right? So Mm -hmm. you send us a five-star screenshot, uh, either me or you, we'll send you an invite. You got upper bowl tickets. You know, you're up in the stands. You've been watching the game at home so far. You're listening to the podcast. You're watching from home. Let's get you in the arena. So you're in the door. There are all those things in the arena. You got the concession stand. You got the fans next to you. You can see the action. You're not like super close. There are things you're going to miss, but you're going to have a whole different experience watching from the arena. So with that free subscription, you get access to a lot of channels where we can talk about in the game chats or, you know, talk about random other things with fellow Laker fans or whatever you (laughs) like. Um, This gets you in for if for only $5 a month in the lower bowl you're going to get access to two bonus podcasts every month um you'll be given priority to your questions for mailbag pods which we should do one of those again soon mm-hmm. um as well as uh a place to suggest topics and ideas you'd like to see us talk about and yep. you also get early access to all of Tim's analysis videos on YouTube and X's and O's mm-hmm. stuff that he's been doing. Uh, have I got all this straight so far, Tim? Yeah, and, and with every level here. So that first level was free. You just got to you know send that screenshot. That's your ticket in. With every level up from there, you have more and more access to additional channels as well. We we don't. There are certain things that are more sensitive, or or like when we're talking, like, hey, I heard this trade might happen. Things like that. You don't want to blast out to everybody, but but, but you know, higher up, closer closer knit groups may may get you know different levels of. We have different you know different discussion topics, different initiatives, different things that go on that uh, may not be spelled out explicitly, but but are part of the community and, and, you know, we've got extra fun things going on. And then also I forgot to mention uh, playback and, and you referred to the stream that we did recently, every single Lakers game for the rest of the year, you can join our community and watch these games with us for free at the same time as everybody else, same screen, high definition game and our game chat, instead of being in just the, the game chat thing in discord where like, me, I'm watching. Sometimes I'm not watching at the same time as everybody else. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get spoilers. I don't want to get spoilers. So I will only check in during like, you know, timeouts or halftime or whatever. When you're watching the game at the same time and then can all be commenting on what you're seeing at the same time, it's just such a fantastic experience. And that's for that, you know, just get in the arena level. And then for each of the higher tiers, we're setting up different things where you'll be able to more regularly you know, watch games that we're calling or things like that, or join like exclusive, like post-game spaces or pre-game analysis, different, different extra, you know, tiers of access to us 
that that we're still going to figure out exactly what that's going to look like and write look like and write that into this. But that is an additional really, really cool thing that folks have loved. And I think is a huge difference maker that, you know, you, you can only really get through our community from a Lakers standpoint. Yeah. And to your point, Tim, we've tried to do this for the last couple of years and the Twitch setup was gosh, so much on my <laughs> end, trying to keep mm-hmm. things in line and get the production side while also trying to comment to get on the game and watch playback is just an amazing app uh you can follow them at watch playback on twitter if you want to check it out which just took all that away and we did the first half of that bucks game and despite it being a terrible game i really did have a good time uh we're making jokes we're you know we're complaining that Giannis is making every three it's Mm -hmm. a safe place uh without the the crazy, you know, uh, antagonizing Twitter kind of energy. Yeah, and, and we cannot, we will not guarantee that you will enjoy watching the games there. <laughs> but we will guarantee because it will be games, better. But we'll guarantee it'll be better. It'll be better than, than, than watching them by yourself or with your friends not synced up or just you know going off of Twitter. And, and that's a really good point. With with that and with all of this in general, you don't have those fans of other teams just looking over your shoulder, waiting to you know screenshot something and make fun of it or quote retweet you and be like these delusional Laker fans. We can have more honest, real discussions, less adversarial, you know, just just shit talking, and more real conversation about what's wrong with the team and how we can improve it. You don't have to like stance up and only talk about the team as if everything's going great and everything will be great. We can we can be a little bit more honest with ourselves, um, but then also celebrate those victories and the, and the progress we see along the way. So just quickly, just wrapping up, we have a couple more levels. Uh, in addition to everything uh, in the lower bowl, the court side uh, is going to give you access to live mini coaching clinics to a month uh, and previously mm-hmm. recorded catalog of curriculum of general advanced X's and O's along with insight into place that Tim himself runs. And we're beating teams by over 20 points a game. I just wanted to throw that out there. We absolutely death star is, is, is what, you know, Tim's building uh, in Tim's personal life. So you can get some insight into how exactly I've been doing that. Yeah. Um, we're going to get some merch coming soon. So you'll get 20% off of the, all of that uh, exclusive command center channels where we'll strategize and implement how we want to uh, hack the narrative surrounding the Lakers along with s- certain project channels and, it, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff, y'all. And then the last one is the owner's box. You're going to get shout outs at the end of YouTube videos, shout outs at the end of pods. Um, you're going to get Discord stages, just kind of like the Spotify green room where, you know, you're going to get interviews with us, stuff we might not put on pods uh, or early access to them. Uh, special live viewing of one Lakers game a month with Tim and I. But this is like you're actually We're hanging out that. with us, yeah. not just... You know what I mean? Like in a room with a hundred people listening to us, mm-hmm. we're actually like talking. If you want to ask us questions or hang out, yeah, we are making some changes. But I just want to give people the the gist of what what's going down there. If you hadn't heard, yeah, and and so I think how we see it, at least right now, this we we still have yet to finalize things. But the way we're looking at using playback moving forward is. Everyone in the Discord, whether you're paying any degree of money or not, you'll be able to join the streams, watch the game, and enjoy the chat at the same time as everyone else. Mm -hmm. For the folks who are paying any amount of money, regardless of level, you'll be able to, for the games that we're able to commit to, say we'll do a quarter or half or maybe the whole game, 
I did a whole game last week. The two of us did a half for a game last week or, or this past this week. I don't know what it, what mm-hmm. week it is. Um, you'll be able to listen in on that as well. So paying any degree of money, you'll be able to enjoy like the live pods. Maybe you're at the, if you're at that next level, you get the coaching's clinics. And then also whatever level you're at, you're going to get to hear us call the game, announce the game instead of listening to Mark Jackson or, or Jeff Van Gundy or whoever it happens to be. And then at that level, you just talked about that the owner's box, I think it was, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of it being us, you know, announcing to you, it's going to be more like you're watching a game with your friends and it's like everybody's on the stage and we're just sitting there chatting. It's mm-hmm. not going to be Tom's doing play-by-play and Tim's trying to like throw in analysis. It'll it'll be like, you know. I mean, we could do that if you want us to, but I mean, we can, if you just want to shoot the shit, like you can. Tell, yeah. Tell the monkeys how you want the monkeys to dance. Get, for, get your jokes <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. Workshop some Twitter jokes with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, Thank you so much for supporting us, guys. We can't believe how many people have really bought into this community, and it's really humbling that people are interested at all uh, at, at in watching games with us. So I'm, I'm very thankful for you guys. Wanted to give you the rundown of what's going on over there, because if you're not in the Discord, we started this about just about a month ago, but... We you know, wanted to share this with the rest of you get it, to give you the opportunity. And again, if you just want to get in on the free level, no worries. Send us a uh, screenshot of a five-star rating of our pod to Tim or I in our DMs. We're usually pretty quick at getting you that link within 24 mm-hmm. hours. So, and, and you can do that on Spotify now as well as mm-hmm. somewhat new. Yeah, mm-hmm. so no matter how you're listening, there should be a way to 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 get in there and we've had folks in the past before spotify had reviewing they'd have like their mom or their friend or their sister or somebody review for them and then send that over don't have to do that anymore it's nice and easy you can you can get in there have fun talk and i mean the paid tiers five bucks a month it it could be a varying you know it might be more money for some people less money for others Uh, some folks were saying yesterday they're like this is easily justifiable for me it's like you know i pay 10 bucks a month or whatever on netflix and i spend half as much money and like five times as much time hanging out in here with you guys and, and having these talks and enjoying Love these it. podcasts. And like, we've got chats where we're, we're talking about uh, like just sharing food picks, making fun of my taco takes. We've got, <laughs> I mean, talking to the Boba Fett series on Disney plus people have like an anime channel. There's a fantasy basketball league that they created. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. It's, it's been a lot of fun. There's an NFL channel. We're going to do a Super Bowl watch party um on, oh, on playback so yeah, yeah i don't i'm not going to announce it of course but right. you know there's a music channel uh like literally people are in there like freaking djing and you can jump in and pick which song you want to listen to there are no ads just i don't know just really fun it's such a community it's more than just like a message board it's more than just yeah. uh like people on twitter it's just such a different environment and it's it's really family and and i you know want to share that out with with everyone we can Absolutely. So I just wanted to give you guys some details on that. Sorry, we spent like 15 minutes on it, but (laughs) hopefully it's interesting and interests you. And if it does, uh, hopefully we'll see you in there. But Mm -hmm. until next time. And and, and finally, before we before we go, we want to give a special thanks to friends of the pod, Zach Harris, Mike H, Q Daddio and iPod Shuffle, as well as the rest of that Lakers sex mafia. Um, You know, I I hope you like the name there based off of the uh, Lakers X pod, the Lakers sex pod. We are now the the LSM. Um, That is the discord group. 
supporting everything that we're doing. It really keeps us going. And, and if you want to get in on that action, check out the link in my bio. Um, or again, like Tom said, DM us those those five-star reviews and we can get you in there. But wanted to give a special shout out to the folks who are in that that tier that are you know pr- providing a little bit more monetarily. We really appreciate it along with, with everyone else. All right, y'all. We'll talk to you next time. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.